You are listening to the Grace Covenant Church Audio Podcast. If you would take your sermon notes, most of the scripture that we're going to look at today is actually there in your sermon notes. We're going to, con, uh, we're going to look at a story today that spans about 40 years of, of history, the nation of Israel. It's the story of Joshua and Moses, or Moses and Joshua, and how they led together. That's kind of the focus of what we want to talk about this morning. And so it, it's hard to get one text when you're talking about 40 years. And so we're going to look at several different scriptures as we talk about um, building legacy and impacting generations. You know, throughout this series, we've, we've said that legacy is always about living forward. It's about investing forward. It's about, it's about positioning those who are coming after us that they might be effective in their lives. So think about your children, if you have children, your grandchildren, if you have grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Think about family members. Think about those you are mentoring. Legacy is about living forward. It's about positioning those around us that they might be effective, successful in their lives. When we think about living out their faith, when we think about, when we think about, um, how they do marriage, how they do family, what we want to, we want to set up future generations for success. Are you with me? Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, well, we, we don't want to set them up for failure, right? We want, to, well, we want to set them up for success. And that's what this concept of legacy is, is all about. This past week, I heard a phenomenal story that I, I wanted to share with you because I, I think this story really highlights and illustrates the value of legacy. And it's actually about one of our own family members. Uh, she sent me this story this past week, and I thought, wow, um, I've got to share this story. And I, and I did get permission, and she sent some pictures as well that you'll be able to see. But uh, Carrie Wenzel, some of you may know Richard and Carrie Wenzel, sent me this story. She said, uh, earlier in the year, actually in the month of January, my dad turned 80. And uh, she said, my dad had sent an invitation to the whole family, 18 and all, children and grandchildren, 18 and all, uh, and invited them to his 80th birthday party, uh, which sounds pretty exciting. Uh, but here's the catch. The 80th birthday party was going to happen in the land of Israel. And he had made arrangements to cover all the expenses for his children and grandchildren to celebrate his 80th birthday in the Holy Land. Now, she, she wrote in her email, she said, you know, my dad was a pastor. He never made a lot of money. He was always just a faithful steward. And though this was quite an investment, he felt at 80 years of age, it was a great way that he could invest in his children and grandchildren, that they would be able to share this experience together. And so she wrote in her email, she said, you know, here's my, my dad leading the grandchildren through the Holy Land. And we went to places like where David slew Goliath. And uh, we, we toured around the Sea of Galilee where Jesus did much of his ministry. We went to Jesus' birthplace, to his, the place of his death. We went to the upper room. So we shared all of these experiences together. And every night as they would finish their tour, they would go to a meeting room and each grandchild would talk about what they experienced in that day that impacted their lives. And this is what they said. They said, the Bible, reading the Bible will never be the same again because of this experience. On the last day of their tour, the granddad, who again is 80, uh, told his family, he said, hey, tomorrow we're going to be down touring the Jordan River where 
Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and said there's actually a place in the river where you can be baptized if you would like. Now, all of the grandchildren saved uh, had been baptized in their local church, but they seized the opportunity in the Holy Land to be baptized or in the Jordan River by their grandfather. So this is a picture of, of uh, the granddad baptizing uh, one of his granddaughters uh, there in the Jordan River. And this very evening after this baptismal service, they were back in the hotel for their last family gathering before they would return to the States. And I want to read the paragraph of what the grandfather said. He says, this trip has been the highlight of my entire life. I know that we will see the impact of this trip to many generations to come as my grandchildren share with their children what they've seen and experienced as they walk the streets of Jerusalem and experience Jesus in the Holy Land. Wow. Folks, that's what legacy is all about. Now, you don't have to go to the Holy Land to establish legacy, right? Come on, get on board with me this morning. Right? You don't have to go to the Holy Land. But it is about what? It's about figuring out how can you invest in the generations coming after you? About how can you make a deposit in their lives? How can you position them for success? Position them for a great future? You know, to leave a, a legacy, I, a lasting legacy, I think there's a challenge we have to overcome. And it's a, here's the challenge. It's the challenge of generations working together. I mean, this is a challenge in the church place as well as the marketplace. I mean, just think about Grace Covenant. At Grace Covenant, we have at least five different generations represented at Grace Covenant. I mean, see, seated here in the sanctuary this morning, we have five generations. And then, you know, each of those generations have a different perspective about how life works, Right? Each generation thinks differently. Each generation processes differently. And you know what that creates? That creates opportunity, right? It creates at times conflict. It creates, uh, it creates friction because oftentimes the generations, when we don't get along well together. Again, marketplace or church place, it's, it's really all the same. I mean, well, there's, there's this ongoing conflict that's playing out. And what I'm convinced of is is if we're going to build lasting legacy, then this is what we must discover, that we must discover how can we we move from conflict to cooperation? How how can we move from uh, from competition um, to collaboration? What generations working together, the younger generation partnering with the older generation, the older generation partnering with the younger generation. I'm convinced if we're going to build lasting legacies, and the key is, is we have to learn how to do it together. I'm reminded of a psalm, Psalm 133, that says this, how, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. In other words, when we come together and we're united. Or we might say it like this, how good and pleasant it is when generations dwell together in unity. It goes on in, in verse 3 to say it's there that, that God pours out His Spirit, and it's there that we find even life forevermore, where, where there's unity, where there's generations working together. Now, let me just do a quick survey this morning. How many of you have been a part of some kind of church life for at least 20 years? Raise your hand. Wow. How about 30 years? Wow, a lot of folks. How about 40 years? So let me ask you this question. For those of you who have been a part of church life for a lot of years, 
have you ever seen generational conflict that has restricted the effectiveness of the church? Everybody's shaking their head. Man, it's like we, we have this conflict that's happening and we don't have the older generation being mentored. We don't have the younger generation being mentored by the older. We don't have the younger generation receptive to the older. And we have this conflict playing out. And what happens is, as many times I'm convinced we miss, we miss the opportunity to leave a lasting legacy. Because we don't do it well together. So leaving a lasting legacy, I'm convinced, is about, about us learning how can we do life together. See, the true measure of success for an individual is measured by succession. If you have no successor, then I have to question the level of success. So legacy is not just about you living well. Legacy is about you investing well so that there's those who are carrying this on after you. For there to be success, there has to be, there has to be a successor. See, success is not about what you gathered, but it's really about what you invested in the rising generation and how you position those coming after you. You know, I've said this a couple times in this series, but let me just say it one more time. I don't think I can ever say this enough in this uh, materialistic culture that we live in. Listen, this life is not about just gathering stuff. If your focus in life is gathering stuff and stuff and more stuff and, you, and you've got to have more stuff, if that's the focus of your life, then you're going to come to the end of your life and you're going to be really disappointed. Why? Because you, you went after stuff and you didn't invest in what really mattered. As I said last week, listen, there's nothing wrong with stuff, but don't let stuff, whatever the stuff is, the material stuff, be the focus of your life. And again, legacy is what it's about. It's about investing in relationship. For the influence of your life to live on beyond your time on earth, you must be willing to invest in those coming after you. To, to succeed, you have to build a lasting legacy. But as I said, building a lasting legacy requires cooperation. That we, that we cooperate generation to generation to generation. You know, oftentimes, maybe you've heard, I assume you've probably heard of the, of the illustration of the passing of the baton. Have you seen that? What we pass the baton, we want to pass the baton to the next generation. We want to pass the baton of legacy. We want to, we want to pass the baton of, of leadership. We want to pass the baton of influence. Well, we, want to, we want to pass the baton to the next generation. And I would suggest to you, though I understand what they're trying to say with that analogy, that illustration, I would suggest to you that that illustration is flawed. That it's really not about passing the baton to the next generation so that they can like take off running. I think success, as we think about building legacy, is about learning how do we, how do we run together. If you're familiar with the track event, the, the relay race, let's say the 400 relay race, what you have is you have four runners who are running each a segment of the race. So you have one individual who has the baton. I mean, they're like getting it down uh, the track. They come to their teammate. They pass the baton to their teammate. They stop running. Their teammate proceeds on. Then they pass the baton to the next runner. And one of the keys of winning a relay race is what? you got to pass the baton well, right? If you drop the baton, you're pretty much what? You're pretty much out, right? And that's the whole concept, passing the baton. One runner stops, and the other then takes off. And that's why I would say that illustration, I believe, is flawed when we think about legacy. That it's not just about me passing well. 
It's me learning to run with the, with, with the next runner. It's me learning to run with the, with the older generation. It's, it's you learning to run well with the generation. Let, let, let me see if I could illustrate this really quick, and I'm going to need some help. I need someone who would be in their teens to join me on the platform. I need someone in their 20s. Come on, really quick. Someone, I, I'm, you're not going to have to say anything, okay? <laughs> so, I need someone in their teens. Surely we have someone in their teens here in this service. How about one of the scouts right over here? Thank you. Uh, I need someone in their 20s. Come on up on the platform. Yo, man, you were going to join me, right? Thank you. Uh, so just right here. Uh, someone in their, do I have someone in their 30s? Someone in their 40s? Someone in their 50s? Listen, if you want to get out by lunch, you're going to have to help me. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Tony, you represent... 30s <laughs> and Mark 40s, 50s, and we need 60s. Thank you, 70s. We're all that young, huh? So, thank you, Jane. And 80s, we have an 80s. Thank you, Robert. 90s. So come over this way so we're kind of in camera. So what we have this morning on the platform is we have generations represented, right? Would you agree with that? And again, the tendency is, you run track all the time, don't you? You probably could do this better than me. So the tendency is in a relay race, at a track event, again, I'm the runner, I'm running, and I pass the baton to... Someone who knows how to run. Um, <laughs> and she takes off, right? And she just keeps running. And I'm kind of, yeah, I'm watching her run. Um, I'm not running with her. I'm not, like, sharing influence with her. I just pass the baton and she's taking off. And again, that's the concept often that we've used. Can I have the baton? Thank you. But this is what I would submit to you. When we think about building lasting legacy as it relates to the body of Christ, as we think about a community of believers, it's like generations learning to run together. Now, listen, I understand this is a challenge. And that's why we have so much conflict in the church. And that's why we get stuck and we get stumped and we get angry and we get the younger generation saying things about the older generation and it's, you know, it's words I can't say from here. Y'all say it, but I can't say it. Uh, and then vice versa. We have the, the older generation speaking against the younger generation. We have all of this conflict because we've not learned how to run together. And until we learn how to run together, I would submit to you, we're going to be challenged to leave a lasting legacy. We'll find ourselves competing so much internally that we can't be externally focused. And what happens? The kingdom suffers. What happens? Legacy is limited. We put a lid on it. Why? Because we, we didn't learn. How can we do this together? So if we can get everyone around this baton, everyone around the baton, we're all going to hold on to it, and we're going that, we're going that direction. It's helpful. If we're, if, yeah. So turn this way, Jane, because we're going your way. So, okay, let's move forward. There we go. Thank you. Thanks, Barton. So that's the concept. The concept, and and we're going to see this illustrated in in the scripture I want to take you to this morning. But it's the concept of building legacy together. 
Again, we have the value of the older generation. We have the value of the younger generation. And it requires investment and partnership on both ends. So again, it's up to you this morning. I'm not going to tell you which generation you're in. I always get myself in trouble. I'm going to let you figure that out. Because I'm, I'm actually 50. And so I'm kind of at the midpoint. At times I feel like I'm the older generation and I'm investing down. But at other times I feel like, wow, I'm the younger generation and I'm looking to the older generation to say, hey, give me some help here. Give me some wisdom. Give me some insight. Give me some coaching. And so it's, again, it's, it's both the older generation and the younger generation. And what I'm convinced of is we have to learn how to run together. Have to learn how to run together. And through that build lasting legacy. But here's the challenge. Couple challenges. And let me speak directly to the older generation. Uh, without offending you, to those who would be in the older generation, one of the challenges that happens is there's a fear. And because of fear, oftentimes for the older generation, you don't want to let go. You want to hold on to. And it's fear of like fear of failure. And you're, you're afraid, well, if I pass the baton to some, this younger guy, he's going to fail. And I can tell you right now, he is going to fail. And I don't have to wonder about that. But failure is part of the process. But as we're running together, then you're there as the older generation to help them discover from the failure and, and grow through it. I, I think there's fear of risk. It's like, whoa, if we... If we invest in the younger generation, it's risky because they have a whole different idea of how to do church or how to do life. And wow, that could be risky. And, and it is. But I'd rather take the risk than stay stuck where we're at. I think there's also the fear of change. How I many of you know we're all creatures of habit? We have things just the way we like it. And we don't want anyone to mess with it. But how many of you know change is inevitable? I mean, change is always happening. And oftentimes we're, we're afraid of the process of change. And because of that, we, we hold on to. And to the older generation, I would say to you this morning, here's the issue, is you have the power. You have um, seniority. Many times you have the resources. And... If you're not careful, you allow fear of change to keep you stuck. And there's a younger generation that's trying to move kingdom things forward. And that fear of change uh, becomes a real challenge. And it's around that oftentimes we have conflict. No, is there the fear of change? But I think there's fear of loss. There's loss of voice, loss of influence, loss of identity. And if if we're not careful, it's those fears that keep us from what? Building great legacy. And what? Again, we've got to learn how to like do this together. Building lasting legacy together. Well, this morning, really quick, I I want us to look here at this illustration of of Moses and, and Joshua. Basically what we have, let me just give you the quick summary. We have Moses being the representative of the older generation. We have Joshua being the representative of the younger generation. And they led together, that's what I want you to catch here, they led in partnership together for 40 years. Now obviously Moses was the leader, no doubt about that. 
God appointed Moses to be the leader, but he represents the older generation. Here's Joshua, the younger generation. And for 40 years, they ran together, if you can think of it like that. And in the process of running together, Moses was investing in, speaking into the life of Joshua. He was mentoring Joshua, preparing him for his future role of leadership. And it, and it was a process of 40 years. It didn't happen in a day. It didn't happen in a week. It was a 40-year process. Now, I'm not saying that it's that process for every individual and every generation. But again, there's this leading together. So what can we learn from that relationship? And again, I want us to look at the bigger picture of 40 years. I think there's several things we can learn from this example of Moses and Joshua. The first is this. Joshua, again, representing the younger generation, was willing to serve Moses and learn from his life. In other words, Joshua didn't show up and like, hey, I got all the answers, Moses. No, he was, he was willing to learn. He was teachable. Matter of fact, look at this verse. Exodus 24, 13 says, Then Moses set out with Joshua his aid, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. So for 40 years, basically Joshua was serving under the leadership of Moses. Man, he was just there hanging out with him. He was doing work with him. He was listening as Moses was doing his job leading. I mean, he's kind of like taking all of this in. But he was there serving Moses. And I think that's a great, that's a great illustration for us, the younger generation. So now I'm going to put myself in the younger generation. And if you would identify yourself as the younger generation like Joshua, then I think here's something we need to take away from this. Man, we need to be open, responsive to, to learn from the older generation. We need to be those as the younger generation who's serving the older generation. And in that, what happens? There's a mentoring that happens. There's a passing of the baton that happens. There's a legacy that's built as we the younger are serving under the older. And that doesn't mean we can't bring suggestions. It doesn't mean we can't challenge the process respectfully. But it does mean this, what we're serving under. So there's a willingness to serve under the older generations for a season. There's an openness to learn from the wisdom and life experience of the older generation. There's a commitment to ongoing healthy communication. So for us... As Joshua, what we, we want to serve. We want to come under the leadership of an older generation so that they can pour life into us. So I think a second lesson we can learn from Moses about investing forward through partnership is that Moses saw the potential in Joshua and he began to invest in that potential. He saw the potential in, in Joshua and he began to give him assignments. Matter of fact, if you look to the story in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, it's when the children of Israel came to the edge of the promised land and Moses sent in the 12 spies to spy out the land. There was one spy uh, to represent each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And Moses handpicked Joshua from the tribe of Ephraim that he might go in with the other 11 spies, spy out the land. After 40 days, if you'll recall, when they came back, 10 spies brought a negative report. One spy or actually two spies, brought a positive report being Joshua and Caleb. But out of that we see early on, Moses saw something in Joshua. He saw potential in his life, and he says, hey, I, I want to invest in that. So to the older generation, 
If you would consider yourself in the older generation, then I would give you this charge this morning. If you want to build lasting legacy, you need to be looking for potential in the lives of your children, grandchildren, and those that God would bring around you. And you need to begin to invest in that potential. You need to coach. You need to counsel. You need to spend time with. In 1986, when I went off to Bible college, grew up in Arkansas, showed up in Ohio, had no idea why I was there, what was going on. I was like a fish out of water. And there was a gentleman, the academic dean, his name was Don Fair. Don's since gone on to be with the Lord. But Don Fair um, saw something in my life. I don't know what he saw, but he saw something in my life and was attracted to that, whatever that was. And he intentionally began to hang out with me. I mean, he would take me out for coffee. We would go out for breakfast. Um, He would call me into his office. Uh, We would sit and talk. I mean, even one night, even at this point, um, he and his wife took my wife and I out to dinner to a really nice restaurant. Now, remember, I grew up in Arkansas, the hills of Arkansas. Didn't wear shoes till I was 12. I'm kind of the backwoods boy, right? uh, you know, I, when we sat down to dinner, there was, there was never more than a fork and a spoon. And this is what Don did. He took me to a really nice restaurant. He says, Pharaoh, one of these days, you're going you're gonna to be in a really nice restaurant. You're going to have all the silverware before you. And you're not, not, you're gonna, boy, you're not going to know what to do. I'm going to teach you what to do tonight. I mean, even down to that, what he was mentoring, he was shaping, he was speaking into my life. Much of who I am today and much of how I lead today is because of a man who saw potential in my life. And he says, I'm going to spend some time with you. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to counsel you. I'm going to teach you. And even some of the basic things of life. I'm telling you, to the older generation, I'm speaking to you. Man, you've got wisdom that we need. Now, I understand sometimes we act like we know it all. Forgive us for that, please. Sometimes I understand the younger generation can be a bit arrogant. I do understand that. But you've got life experience that we need. I I would encourage you, the Moses generation, the older generation, man, you need to identify the potential, go after it. Here's a third thing I think we can learn in this relationship between Moses and And Joshua is that Moses was directed to encourage, affirm, and build into the life of Joshua. Actually, this was a God directive. God said to Moses, Moses, here's the man I want you to pour pour your life into. Here's the man I want you to affirm. Matter of fact, Deuteronomy 138, the scripture says, But your assistant Joshua, son of Nun, will enter it. Speaking of the promised land, encourage him because he will lead Israel to inherit the promised land. And then Deuteronomy 34, 9 says, Joshua, the son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses laid his hands on him. So in other words, there was an impartation. From Moses to Joshua, there was an impartation. There was wisdom that was passed. And again, to the older generation, I'm telling you, we need you to run with us. And forgive us when we've not respected you, when we've not valued your input, but we need your impartation of wisdom. I tell you, there's a whole lot we don't know. And you've got life experience. You have, you have insight that, that, that we need. So to the older generation, we need, to, we need you to encourage, to affirm, to build into the lives of the younger generation. I remember when I returned to Grace Covenant in 1985, excuse me, 1995, and I became the lead pastor here at Grace Covenant. Get this, I was 29 years old. 
I was thinking about that this week, and I thought, what were they thinking? They must have been crazy. I was 29. 29. And obviously, they're, you know, I mean, what do you know at 29? I mean, you think you know a lot, right? And here I am, I'm the lead pastor of this church, and I really don't have a clue. Doc Clanton, Dr. Clanton was still living at that point. The founding pastor of Grace Covenant, he's now, he was, at this point, he was in his 80s. And I literally spent hours, hours sitting at Dr. Clanton's feet. Man, and he just, he downloaded wisdom into my life. He spoke direction into my life. He gave me so much wise counsel. He played that role of a Moses in that scenario. He was the Moses and I was the Joshua. And man, he was infirming, encouraging, coaching, and directing. And again, to the older generation, man, if you want to leave a lasting legacy, if you want to build a lasting legacy, then it requires, we, I mean, it requires that of you. And we need that of you as the younger generation. And lastly, really important Moses gave Joshua opportunity with authority. Opportunity. He didn't just give him opportunity. He gave him opportunity with authority. Listen, if you have opportunity, you don't have authority to carry out the opportunity. What you have is frustration. Right? I mean, you get frustrated. Well, you, you've been given a job, but you don't have the authority to carry out the job. So to the older generation, don't just give us opportunity. Give us authority to carry out the opportunity. And that's what Joshua received from Moses. There's a story, and you could check the story out later. I don't have time to take you to the whole story, but it's found in Exodus 17, and here's the setting. There was a nation called the Amalekites that was coming against the nation of Israel. So there's a conflict, there's a war getting ready to happen. And this is what uh, Moses said, uh, Exodus 17, 9, Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. And this is how it played out. Moses is on the top of the hill. He has his hands raised. Joshua's on the battlefield. He's leading the army. And together, the partnership of Moses and Joshua, older and younger, together they won a great victory for the nation of Israel. Moses gave Joshua opportunity, but he also gave him authority to carry out the opportunity. I would say that to you as, as the older generations. And give us opportunity, but also give us the authority to carry out the opportunity that we might build legacy, that we might build legacy together. It was interesting as Moses came to the end of his life in leadership, not only had he led well, but he also invested well in the rising generation. So Moses, Moses then promoted Joshua because there came an end you know, listen, folks, we all come to the end of our lives, right? Every one of us in this room today has a, has a termination date. We just don't know what it is. But we're all going to die. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Moses came to that day, and when his day was over, man, then Joshua was able to take it and move it forward, to lead the nation of Israel forward. Why? Because he had been mentored by Moses for 40 years. They had led together. They had ran well, if you will, for 40 years. Therefore, Joshua was able then to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. Great legacy was built. What? Together. 
They led together. That's the whole point that I want you to catch this morning. It requires partnership. So, so as I wrap this up today, I, I'm going to leave you really quick with three actions necessary. If we're going to partner together to create lasting legacy, there's three things that's absolutely necessary from generation to generation, from the younger to the older, three things that are necessary. The first is this, is mutual respect. Listen, we cannot run well together we cannot build legacy together if there's not mutual respect. It's the younger generation valuing and respecting the older generation. And likewise, it's the older generation valuing and respecting the younger generation. Listen, if we don't have value and respect, then we're not open, responsive to listen and learn. Bottom line. If I don't value you and respect you, then we're going to have a hard time developing relationship together that can leave a lasting legacy. So the first thing that's required is mutual respect. And so I challenge you, whether you're the older generation or whether you're the younger generation, we've got to have mutual respect. We may not always agree. Matter of fact, there are going to be a lot of times we don't agree. And that's okay. We can agree to disagree if we have mutual respect. The value and respect, generation to generation. Here's the second thing that's absolutely necessary if we're going to partner together to leave a legacy, and it's this. It's a willingness to listen and learn. To listen and learn. And when we have mutual respect, then we can listen and learn. And listen, every generation can learn from, from the next generation. So what? The older generation can, can listen and learn from the younger generation. And likewise, obviously, the younger generation can listen and learn the older generation. But if we're going to partner together, there has to be a, a willingness to listen and learn together. And here's the third thing. We must make a commitment to the process because the process gets difficult. It's like when we had all of the generations up here holding on to the baton, trying to run together. That's a bit cumbersome. Why? Because we're trying to do it together. Listen, if you have one person that has this baton, it's like pretty easy. Why? Because, it, there's, man, there's just one person running down the track with the baton. You get a lot of people around the baton, it becomes, it becomes a bit more challenging. So what? We have to be committed to the process. Because we, we process differently. I said this earlier, you know, these are some of the challenges we have. It's like the the older generation wants to process things slowly. The younger generation wants to process things quickly. What does that, wait a minute, that creates some conflict. Oh, here's another one I have to deal with quite often, uh, almost weekly. The younger generation likes it louder. The older generation likes it softer. I deal with that on a weekly basis. You know what I'm committed to? I'm committed to us running well together to build lasting legacy. Not just about the younger generation, not just about the older generation. It's about us together passing on lasting legacy to our children and our grandchildren within this church body to have a lasting legacy in this community. To do that, to that we have to be committed to the process Committed to running together. And when we have the older generation working with the younger generations, everyone wins. That's what I know. Everyone wins. And we can build lasting legacy. 
This morning, I, I, as I was thinking about how I wanted to wrap this service up, I thought it would be great if we had the older generation speaking a blessing over the younger generation. And then the younger generation speaking a blessing over the older generation. It's, it, listen, it's not enough for us just to talk about this stuff. I mean, we really have to put it to work. And so I asked two of my friends if they would help me out this morning. We have Pastor Jack Turpin, um, who's become a dear friend of mine, a retired pastor in his 80s, obviously representing the older generation. Would you agree, Pastor Jack? (laughs) And I have Samuel LaRusso in his early 20s, just finishing high school, moving into college, obviously representing the younger generation. And I thought it would be... Um, healthy and right for there to be this conveying of a blessing, again, both ways, older to younger and younger to older, because it's, it's in that way that we build lasting legacy. So I'm going to ask if you would simply bow your head and pray with us as Pastor Jack first prays over the younger generation and a release of authority and power and influence to the younger generation and the younger generation then responding to that. Would you pray with us? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to do what you told us to do, to pray one for another. In my generation comes to pray and to believe that this younger generation will be the generation that turns America back to God. Not with political correctness, but with their godly righteousness. And Father, we come to stand with their parents, their teachers, pastor, and we promise we will be your cheerleader and not your criticizer. We come to say that when you fall, we'll be there to make sure you fall forward and not backward. We come to pray and to believe that there will be a day when, because of your righteousness, the world will attempt to lay the whip on your back. But we'll be there to bleed with you. And we promise and covenant today that we will be that generation, that though we are two, we will be two that are together, and that we will help you be all that God has ordained for you to be. And together we will declare in our oneness, Jesus is our Lord. In his holy name, we thank you. Amen. God, I thank you for the older generation and that they have given us such a good example as to how to leave a legacy and what it, all that it entails. Thank you that uh, we are able to come together and work and that I pray that we all have humility and respect and patience with each other, regardless of our differences, but that we would be united as one under the love of your son and that we would be able to move forward and continue leaving a legacy. I pray for the older generation that they would continue to keep doing what they're doing, to keep influencing the younger generation, and that together we can change the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.